Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I'm your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend. It is the tank top sage. It's Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, Chris? What up, everybody listening? Ho, ho, ho. Also joining us, it is our stalwart producer. It is Edgelord Big News Bright. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey. Uh, hello, everybody. We're here early again uh, to talk about manga. Very excited. Uh, I am joined right next to me also by my little associate producer here, uh, Gingerbread the Cat. Uh, she is staring the complete opposite direction of me. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, we're all here. Gang's all here. Very excited to talk about the manga this week. So let's not waste any time. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Also check out my other podcast, The Shweekly. Uh, season one is out now. We're working on season two. So, uh, yeah, catch up and, uh, have some laughs with us. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. That's on Instagram and at New Jump City Josh on X Twitter. <laughs> Brian? You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you could catch me, if you want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash punchline. Oh, yeah. You can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Hit us up on any of those. Uh, you could, if you have any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about, uh, you can email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Please do. Uh, we read questions on our pre-show chat show that comes out uh, a couple days after the initial show as a little bit of bonus ca- content for you guys. Uh, so yeah, uh, send us some questions. We'd love to answer them. Uh, we, we talk about more things than manga on there. So, you know, uh, you can ask about a cavalcade of things if you want, if you're interested. Uh, so email us on that, or you can comment under the video version of the podcast that I put out every week. Um, we're still not video capable quite yet as I'm working on a borrowed computer, but, uh, until then, please subscribe, please like, please share, please comment. Uh, it really helps us in the algorithm since we lost a visual element. We've taken a hit on the algorithm a little bit. So, uh, support us a little bit on there. Um, if you prefer audio podcasts, though, uh, not to fear, you can still listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, any support is uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, with that being said, I think that's it for plugs. Uh, let's get into the show. One Piece. This is One Piece chapter 1095. Better off dead in this world. Very cheery title. <laughs> um, last we left off, uh, Luffy and uh, the Straw Hats were trying to escape from Egghead Island. Uh, uh, They're currently fighting Kizaru and the forces of the Marines uh, to try and escape. But uh, one of the... One of the uh, Gorosei, the five elders, uh, uh, Jay Garcia Saturn, has made landfall onto Egghead and has revealed 
his Zoan Devil Fruit ability. Uh, we don't know the exact name of it yet, but it seems to be this crazy demon thing. This demon Spider-Man. Uh, very intense looking. He can uh, do this thing where he could just lop your fucking head off by looking at you. It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, all the Marines are trying to get away from the battlefield because uh, if you look at him, Jay Garcia doesn't care. He'll he'll take you out. Uh, so, you know, friend or foe, Jay Garcia is out for blood. Um, last we left off in that battle, uh, Bonnie had just stabbed uh, Jay Garcia in the heart with a sword. Um, so, you know, they're like, oh, my God, she stabbed an elder. Um, but, you know, the Marines are like uh, about to retaliate against Bonnie, but he tells them to stand down and uses his weird like psychic hit ability to knock Bonnie off of him and then just capture her while she's like falling. Sanji tries to act, but he also gets hit with that crazy attack and it just like takes him down. He can't, he's like in huge, he seems to be in a lot of pain. Uh, Jay Garcia seems to heal himself from the stab wound that Bonnie just dealt. So it's not looking good. He turns over to Kizaru and he's like, hmm, this is rather sluggish work by your standards, Kizaru. And uh, Kizaru is basically is just like, I'm sorry, I failed you. I don't think I'll be able to get up for a while. <laughs> this guy punched through my temple. Um, and uh, Jay Garcia is like, understandable, you know, because, you know, you did just fight against Nika, the sun god. Um, so he tries to bring down one of his... Uh, scary spider legs down on Luffy, but Frankie comes in for the save, knocking Luffy right. away with the strong right, and then capturing him with his arm extended. And uh, Frankie's just like, ha ha, even the guys who rule the world want our captain's head, huh? Um, pretty cool. So he's like, straw hat Luffy, jewelry Bonnie, we fail to anticipate your presence here. But if your fate is strong enough to escape this desperate situation, I would very much like to see it. Um, and then he looks to Vegapunk, saying that his betrayal is most disappointing, but his service to the military has been greatly appreciated. And he's, he just looks to all of us like, so tell me, which of you should die first? Tell me from least painful, least to most point painful. He said he wants them to die with nothing but regret of having standing against them. And uh, he starts to squish Jewelry Bonnie in, in his hands. Uh, Sanji is unable to move for some reason. Uh likely because of whatever St. Saint, uh, Saint Saturn's Devil Fruit ability is. And um, he, not only can he not move, but Frankie and Vegapunk are also immobile at the moment. Uh, Jewelry Bonnie just looks at, down at, at Saturn and says, you killed my father. And uh, he explains, your father? You're, you mean Kuma? He was born into a slave caste, the descendant of a clan that committed a grave crime against the world, and the last survivor of the Buccaneer people. The extinct oh. Buccaneer people. There are a lot of genocided people from uh, by the elders, which is crazy. They're just wiping whole races out left and right. It's insane. Um, and Bonnie starts to flash back to something her dad once told her is that ever since he was a boy, he wanted to be a hero who could save the imprisoned and the suffering, just like Nika, the, the warrior of liberation. 
And, um, you know, he talks about how, like, he appears out of the blue with laughter in his, and this rhythm. Doom, dut, da-da. Doom, dut, da-da. And uh, Bonnie says, Bonnie asks him, will you come and free me too? And Kuma says, of course. And we then cut back to 47 years ago in the South Blue in the Sorbet Kingdom, which, if you remember, is the kingdom that Kuma was once the king of. Um, we see Kuma as a baby. And we meet his parents too. Uh, they both they both are like happy to see him. He talks to the doctor, and so and I think he's like about to ask the doctor to not say anything about Kuma's bloodline because of course he's a buccaneer and it seems like it's not cool to, for that to be known for obvious reasons. Um, and um, yeah, they seem to be happy for a while, but eventually the world government caught on to them and captured the whole family. Um, enslaving both Kuma's father and his mom and him. Um, so, you know, Kuma goes through the usual fucking terrible bullshit that the celestial dragons put through their slaves through. And, um, one of the, and at one day he, uh, reunites with his father, uh, for a minute. And, um, he tells him, he asks him how he's going and it's, fucking sad that kuma's just like hi my master is so kind and gentle i'm very lucky and then kuma's dad drops a fucking bomb and just is like your mother's dead she's in heaven now but i think she's better off this way just like crying through it and kuma just like breaks down to tears obviously because that's terrible news um so his dad then says like you know you're strong you can survive this the warrior of liberation will come he'll show up and save you and uh, his dad passes down the story of Nika, who is uh, a legendary warrior throughout the uh, that whose story is thro told throughout the Buccaneer heritage, um, which is an interesting connection to make between the between Luffy and the Buccaneer people, and by extension Kuma. Um, he says one day he'll show up and save us all. Nika is always smiling and laughing, and his rhythm brings laughter to people. And uh, you know. Uh, Kuma is enjoying this little moment with his dad until a celestial dragon just comes in and just shoots him dead. Fucking insane. Very depressing. Um, we then cut yeah, to... Right. Yeah, then we cut to 38 years ago in the West Blue where um, uh, the celestial dragons are gearing up to do their uh, customary manhunt where they just go to a country and like hunt down people for sport, not only the inhabitants and the natives of the country that they land on, but also their own slaves. Um, and where do they end up? But God Valley, which is, as we all know, the big, in the, that one land where the battle between the rocks pirates and the Marines happened. And also gold Rogers crew. Um, so they arrive there, and uh, the king is like, wait, you intend to kill my people for a game? And uh, the king is immediately slain by St. Figurland Garling, who we saw way back in a flashback there. Um, and, um, you know, the killing of the king before the game starts uh, puts him at a 10,000-point uh, handicap, handicap. Um. We see that Garcia, Saint Garcia, uh, Saint Saint Saturn is also there, 
and uh, he receives word that uh, Kuma, who tried to escape during the game, gets captured. Um, and uh, they're yelling at him. is like, no, we're all going to get in trouble now because you ran away. Um, and, you know, I guess they're, as they're yelling at him, uh, they hear in the distance, yeehaw, hold it right there. You must be a gra the grand prize, the buccaneer. Ah, no wonder you're so big. And we find out that the one yelling is none other than Emporio Evencoff. Uh, with a new character named Ginny. Uh, oh, so she is new. Yeah, she is new. Um, so, yeah, and that's where the chapter ends as uh, Evenkoff makes his grand entrance. And this is the day that Evenkoff met Kuma, which is pretty insane. Um, Josh, what did you think of chap uh, One Piece chapter 1095? Oda has a really good way of expressing <clears throat> like his view of what evil is and i think it's really clear cut which is like those that those that treat other people's lives as objects and something that can be toyed with or played around with or they are something simply something that you can have control and power over and everyone should be free you know what i mean and in this chapter in particular we i I guess I, I never guessed that Kuma was a slave in the past because I thought he was a king. You know, I, I remember, what was, the, what was his uh, country that he was the king of? Sorbet Kingdom. Oh, the Sorbet, yeah, yeah. So I didn't expect him to have that slave background, but it makes sense uh, since he was a revolutionary. I think this is a really cool backstory. Um, definitely wasn't expecting it at this point in the story uh, to get a, a revolutionary backstory, but here we are and I'm really excited about it. Um, I, his dad definitely got killed, right? Like yeah, literally just dead. got shot. Just got right shot. Right about his mom dying. <sighs> that was terrible. Um, Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Like the, the yeah. paneling on it too was pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, I feel like I, it's really the way that it was like portrayed or the way that he um that he showed it was so fucking like it was. It's different for like a manga, right? Like usually this kind of moment would have a lot more um more like prominence, but it felt like an afterthought. You know why? When it comes to the effects that these guys had on him. I think it's just like, I think that's intentional. I think it's by design. It's just how casual this kind of thing happens to the people who are enslaved by the celestial dragons. It's just like the way that Kuma's father just dies in the small, one of the smaller panels of the page is just like how, how unceremoniously people just get killed in this world like that. Yeah. It's it's pretty fucked. And it, it really that kind of moment had a lot more impact on me, I feel like. Um, the way that he wrote it this time around. It was really fucking deep. Yeah. What are you saying, Josh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, um No no no, that was thanks for continuing. I had a separate talk though. So I didn't realize that uh Saturn was using telekinesis. I thought he was shooting beams from his eyes. 
to like hit people, but I didn't. I didn't know it was mental. Yeah, we don't know. Stuff. We don't see the exact thing that hits them. It could be just moving so fast that we can't see it. That's what I thought at first that he was moving his legs so fast. Oh yeah, that yeah, nobody could keep up with it. It's definitely so something from his eyes. Back like that, I was surprised. Like yeah, but it probably is a, a mental attack because remember when they showed uh, Frankie. Uh, what's the other dude's name? It was the three of them. They were being held down, like they they couldn't move. Sanji, Frankie, and Vegapunk. Yeah, Sanji, Frankie, and Vegapunk. Yeah. So I think I think you're on. I think he was on point with that. As a matter of fact. Um, but yeah, what's what's your thoughts, Brian? This is my pan. I want to say this is my RGC. Oh, this is mine for sure. Yeah. Okay. This is my RGC then. Damn. Same. <laughs> Unified RGC. Yo, this is like the second Unified week in a row. RGC. Unified RGC. It's just like the pacing of it all was so good. Like it just this chapter kept me engaged the entire time. Everything that happened felt. It was interesting, you know, like everything that's happening is just a moment of intrigue because now we're finally getting into God Valley. We're finally learning more about the Gursei. We're finally learning about like Kuma and his backstory and how now we get to know about even cough. It just feels like everything is just keeps building and building and building. And it, it's just this is just exclusively Oda excellence right here. Like, this is so much buildup, so much over time that just continuously continues to be fleshed out upon. And I'm, it just impresses me every single time. But if I were to pick a few things that I wanted to talk about, it would have to be, um, let's see. So, uh, the Buccaneer race, right? Like, so would this be like the third race we've been introduced to post time skip? There's the ogres, there's the buccaneers, and there's the lunarians, right? Who are the ogres? That's uh, Kaido's race of people. Oh, wow. I actually, I didn't even remember. Yeah, I didn't recall that, actually. I suppose so. It's, so all these races are just popping up out of nowhere, and um, it's really interesting that there's just so much more... um, I guess there's so much more, like, how do I say it? There's more, uh, I can't think of the word. Like, there's so much more variety in the world. There's so much more, so much more, um, like, aside from just fish people and humans, there's, (laughs) and, uh, and, like, sky people, there's more people in the world that have just been lost to history. Um... Like so many people who are just the last standing members of their own race, it's pretty fucking brutal. Um, and I can't imagine that most of these guys got annihilated during the Void Century, which is pretty pretty tough. Um, yeah, it's cool to see uh, Saint yeah, Figurelin. Genocide is pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty fucking tough. Um, but it shows that they're capable of it, which is interesting considering there's so much stigma around the fishmen 
and they haven't met the same fate. Maybe it's because they're like more tied to history or something like why they haven't been taken down or maybe because of Shirohoshi. I'm not sure why they haven't been like they haven't fallen to the same fate considering how much how badly they're treated. Um, yeah, I think like the fishmen were are like largely they were out of the picture for so long. They weren't like part of the government and they weren't like particularly defiant against the world government. Whereas like the Buccaneers probably may have been like presenting a huge threat and the Lunarians lived on the red line where the Mary Joie is. Mm. So there might've been some conflict there. Um, um, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, and another thing I wanted to get into was uh, Figurland, uh, who is much younger here, doesn't have the 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 beard to complete the moon on his fucking head, <laughs> um, and he looks very similar to Shanks, if you haven't noticed, um, which is which is very very interesting. Um, and um, it kind of gives some validation to a line that. Whitebeard said to Shanks a long time ago, um, where he says when he looks at Shanks, he says every time he looks at him, his scars ache from that man. So well, who? seems as though <laughs> no, Shanks said that about Blackbeard. Is he? Is it? Is that what he said? I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Whitebeard that said that. No, it was Black. It was Shanks who said that about because they they came together one time to talk about Blackbeard. No, it's 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 uh Whitebeard that says it. Whitebeard mentions that the scar aches whenever he looks at Shanks Shanks's face. Really? I thought he yeah, said that about Blackbeard one it. time. Because Shanks got his scars from Blackbeard. Yeah, that's true, but um it's it's Wait, Shanks got his scars from Blackbeard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the scars above his eyes are holy. Bad. He's had those since the beginning of the series. Yeah, the, I'm looking at the panel now. He says, "Whitebeard, I've gone through many battles and suffered various wounds, but what aches right now is this one." And he points to the one in his eye. No, this is before that. That that that's before that. I could send you uh send you the panel if you want. Yeah, send Wait. it to me. Blackbeard and Shanks have ran into each other before and fought. Yeah, Blackbeard seems to have given Shanks his, his scar. Wow. I'm gonna send it in Discord because I have, I have it. Um, I have it on my computer. Can you kill Blackbeard? Yeah. Where is it? How the hell did he get out of that alive? Well, you know they were kind of contemporaries. You know, a Whitebeard there was on. Um, I sent it to you. To the, oh, uh, I see. Yeah, you see? Which is crazy, because this is like three years ago, too. Like, or obviously it predates three years ago, but the post I saw this from is from three years ago. Mm. So, uh, this is <laughs> this is actually something that kind of flew under the radar. Um for a long time and now it seems as though 
this is probably the confirmation that this is Shanks's dad, or at least he's related to Shanks in in some way for sure. Yeah, that's the big theory is that uh, Shanks is secretly a figureland. I I can definitely see Shanks being a former Holy Knight. I mean, you know, he does have like a pretty working, not working, but like some some kind of relationship with the Goro. Say that they don't call him immediately. They don't call him or fight him immediately, despite being a warlord or an emperor. There's no way that Shanks is a mm. was a Holy Knight because no, was, yeah, you're right. He was a kid. he was found in a treasure chest. Yeah, he was found by Roger when he was a baby. So I don't think he ever was. He never lived on Marie-Joie, and he never was, like, in that whole family. Marie-Joie. 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 Um, oh, also, there's the um, these chests, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, there's a row of chests behind this, um, this uh, celestial dragon on page 18, I believe. Yeah, I see. There's like six chests. So there is a chance that all those chests have uh, devil fruits that we've seen before or devil fruits that we're going to see. Like um, one of them could have Kaido's fruit in it um, since Big Mom got it in God's Valley, remember? Yeah, but this was like, um, this predates the battle on God Valley. So I think like... Does it really? Yeah. Yeah, this is before rocks and roger and all of them because this was like 36 years ago so wait when did that battle happen do you know i think it happened like 20 something years ago it happened before roger found the one piece but not so far that because i feel like god valley wasn't like a functioning country anymore after this specific event like i feel I like i just looked it up it is it's 38 years ago which is the which is the time frame which is in the time frame of god of the battle in god valley yeah yeah it is mm. oh my god imagine oh maybe Ro maybe uh rocks pulls up in this moment maybe rocks Dude, is there it's gonna be crazy so i'm pretty sure i didn't know i didn't know it now that you brought it up but i looked into it and the god valley incident did happen 38 years prior to the current events so that means this is the moment where that happens. No, but the the valley's already split in two. The valley is split in two, but it's not destroyed. Like it goes missing after this, right? Isn't that what happens? Um, yeah. And the world nobles are here. Yeah. Wow. No, that's true. Thirty-eight years ago. Oh, yeah, it was thirty-eight years ago. This would be the time frame where the battle between the rocks pirates, Garp and Roger all happened. So Kuma might have been here for that. That means Dragon has to be around too, right? Okay, so there's also a reason, I guess, why Figurland suffered a defeat at God Valley. It's, pro it's probably because he lost here to Roger and or Garp. No, probably Roger more. Or Whitebeard. Or Whitebeard. Or any of the Rocks Pirates could have taken him down. I feel like... There's already something tying Whitebeard to Figurland, so there's a chance that... It's oh my god, we might actually get Shanks' backstory here, too. Yeah. So, back to the back to those chests. So those could be, like, that could contain um, 
So, oh god. Okay, so the theory that I saw was that one of them has Kaido's fruit, one of them has Marco's fruit. Um, one of them has. Hold on, let me see. Uh, chest. And I don't know where I could find that one, but one of them does. One of them is said to contain uh Shanks. So that's three of them. Or wait, so Whitebeard, Kaido. Thanks. Oh, and uh, one of them has uh, Yamato's fruit in it. Mm. So uh, there's so uh, al almost all these are significant devil fruits that the each of those. Um, A lot of them are mythical. Yeah, all because I feel like it makes sense because if they all these if all these big shots showed up here. That could also oh shit, that could also explain why rocks went there is to get blackbeard's fruit like the fruit that he has now yeah but so maybe that's one of those two that's possible uh but whitebeard's first division commander had that i believe or one of the yeah top but it was commanders. before this is before that right so yeah there's a I chance mean, I, that rocks was coming so. here to get that fruit specifically yeah i don't know i it's it's a lot to think about now that now that this is like kind of made clear we might see the whole god valley incident here which would be pretty insane and crazy uh, ass flash and i guess again. we'd have to prepare for one piece to win rgc's for the next for the foreseeable future <laughs> but um also one last thing is that uh Ginny, uh could be um could be bonnie's mom or she could be luffy's mom one of the two yeah, I think it's more likely that he's that she's uh, Kuma's, uh, not Kuma, Bonnie's mom. Yeah, because she kind of looks like her a little bit. She has the little freckles that Bonnie has. Or she could be Crocodile. <laughs> well, that would be pretty. She seems too cheery to be Crocodile. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she seems to be a little cheery. All right, but those those are my thoughts. Man, I... This is what this in like is setting up is going to be insane. Um, we're going to get some we're going to be eating good for for the next. Uh, well, if next it comes week. out next week, I mean, I, it, it doesn't say that it's coming out next week. So Oda may be going on break. Oh, which is okay. un fucking fortunate. Those are my thoughts. What about you, Chris? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much there is to say, except for I'm very happy to see even cough. I'm wondering if it, it made me think about Dragon because I wonder if we're gonna see Dragon at the same time. Does that mean Dragon was at the God yeah. Valley incident too? I if wouldn't maybe be surprised. That's why, maybe that's so why Garb cool. went there to save his son. I wouldn't be surprised if Dragon was there also in some capacity, but he'd be a kid at this point because I don't know. I don't think he's much older than Evenkoff and Kuma. Uh, I don't know if his age has been really revealed. Uh, but sometimes Oda likes to drop the ages of their characters, like outside of the context of the story. So mm. I guess it's something we can look up real fast. Brian, see if you can find if Dragon's canonical age is still around, is around at all. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, if he's old enough, he could be like a young Marine that got dispatched to God Valley. All right, he is 55. 
Yeah, then that would put him 20-something at this time. Damn, he's... 38 years, 55? That yeah, right, that's the math, right? 55 minus 38. 17, he would be 17. Okay. Hmm. Damn, he's a lot older than Well, I guess he would be a Marine, because Kobe joined when he was like 17 or so. So he could be one of the Marines that showed up on God Valley. I it's my it's my theory that Dragon was once a Marine and then he got disillusioned. So maybe something in God Valley turns him. And I believe, and this is another theory that this made me think about, is that the tattoos on Dragon's face are like symbology from the Buccaneer people. That's my little that's my cute little theory that I'm throwing out there. What if this incident it, this incident is what sparks the creation of sword and dragon is the one who creates it? Uh it's possible, I guess. Man, I feel like this I feel like Garp would do it <laughs> if there was anything. Yeah, it's like they co they co-created uh sword over them. Yeah, but yeah, this uh this is gonna be crazy. It was really good to see Evenkov. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get Evenkov's origin. That's fun. We're gonna get so much shit. There's a lot of shit that's about to go down in this arc. Yeah. God, dude, this arc is so fucking crazy. Nobody could have ever predicted that this arc was gonna be so fucking nuts. Well, we did t- say that at, we we predicted it. We were like, hey, when we get out of Wano, I'm sure One Piece will cook really hard. I, think well, I didn't g- think it would cook like this. I didn't think it would cook like this this like early into the saga. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. It's uh very phenomenal. I'm very I'm having a great time with current One Piece. I'm unfortunate. I hope it comes out next week because I just I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of waiting. We we waited this long to get some lore drops. <laughs> and now we're going to get stunted growth here. It's not fair. It's not fair, I say. So wait, this is your RGC too, right? Yeah, I already said. Yeah, I dropped yeah. the I dropped the unified one. Um, Jesus, man. One piece fucking greatness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it it's might be. Yeah, it's going to be it get used to it. It's probably going to be RGC for a while if if what if it's going to be as impactful this flashback as we think. I'm uh I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, uh, those are all my thoughts about one piece. I think, uh, you guys covered the gambit in enough. Um, you guys ready to move on here? Yes. All right. Let's go. <laughs> my hero academia. Now this is my hero academia chapter 403, the end of an era and dot, dot, dot. A wild chapter. Yeah. Um, Last we left off, uh, All Might was about to do a suicide on uh, All for One with uh, the the gauntlets that are inspired by Bakugo. And um, we start off with a little flashback to when All Might was a little baby, a little baby All Might. Um, and he's reading a story, like a little superhero storybook with his mom, I guess, presumably. Um very cute panels to be honest i was like oh he's so similar to deku um and he was like thinking to himself is like why was i made what am i here to do he says thinking my thinking back mine was a path that any my anyone might trod 
He says, my early memories are almost too tender and mild to be called a proper origin. As for what I've done, I just happened to glance back at my path, and I saw, and what I saw seemed so very significant. And um, we see that we cut back to the present, and all for one uh, stops All Might from activating the gauntlets, the exploding gauntlets, and starts talking a shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's like, uh, finally, that's every last trick in your book. And he uses Stain's uh, quirk to freeze All Might in place. Um, and he says, the cornered hero is terrifying indeed. A lesson learned courtesy of you, but you won't be achieving anything here. And he said, that's there. That's the face I've been looking for. You at your lowest. Um, it's not looking good for All Might. Uh, Gentle mm. is keeping UA stable. Um, and uh, this guy is just like, hmm, UA distracted me and threw me off my aim. No matter... Be crushed under the weight of your own righteousness, uh, Tobita. Who's Tobita? Oh, I guess he's talking to a gentle criminal. All Might did something to the to the. Yeah, facility. he shot a laser yeah. at it. If you if you look. Closer. Yeah, yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, gentle criminal is doing his best to just continue to keep it upright. Um, the military jets from Star from the U.S. that help Star and Stripe. Um, close in on all for one, and they're like, "Aim lasers and prepare to fire." But he's like, "But we'll hit all my all my too." And um, all my just looks down at them. He's like, "Hmm, the X six six jet that helped beat that helped Star beat beat down Tomura," and he basically just destroys the jets. I guess killing these folks, unfortunately. And he's mm -hmm. like, "Star is no longer with us, me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Um, so everybody in the world is looking on as All Might is about to fucking get got. And um he's I don't know what he's doing. He's like holding All Might over his head. And um Midoriya can't really do anything because he's got Shigaraki in his face. And everybody's just calling for someone, anyone. And we see we get this big two-page spread, which is gorgeously drawn, to be honest. Um of a shining star on the UA headquarters thing. And we see that Bakugo has risen again and um, is walking towards All Might. Uh, Deku catches a glimpse of him. And we see that uh, we get like the little visage world, I guess, of All Might looking back at all he's accomplished and seeing the two heroes that he inspired in his life as kids, looking at his uh, trading card. And uh, we end on a big two-page spread of All Might, of, not All Might, of Deku and uh, Bakugo looking at each other like, let's fucking go, bro. <laughs> let's do this thing, final battle styles. And uh, that's the end of the chapter. Uh, Josh, what did you think about My Hero Academia, chapter 403? This was an intense chapter. Um, it's like Horkoshi's trying to outdo um Gigi, but he just can't. We all knew we all knew he was we all knew All Might was bound to be a pack. I don't want to see him die like this though, ripped in half thing style or whatever. But with pure name. He ain't had to do those jets like that. 
And by him, I mean Horikoshi. He didn't have to bring them in and die like that. We could have just forgot about them and they could have lived peacefully. That feels the kind of way about it. Yeah. Um, Sukauchi is useless. He is just a normal guy. He doesn't have a quirk. He's a dog. He's, he's, a, he's a detective. He's trash. He's a detective. <laughs> Leave him alone, man. Um, Bakugo better send like nuclear explosions over the awful one. Yeah. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. This was really close to taking RGC for me. Um, the art on this was so fucking good, and it's so glad to have Bakugo back, you know, being a badass and shit. Um, I think I wonder what is going to happen, because there is a chance that All Might's Vistage went to went to Bakugo because um. There was like a scene where um, where the Vestige left Deku and went somewhere else. So maybe it went to Bakugo when he woke up. Um, I think like the it was more like the Vestige is just there because All Might is alive and it swaps out with like his, his real body when he dies. If that makes sense. But he's not dead yet, though. That's true. But I don't think he because Bakugo technically doesn't have all for one. I know he has that like does that movie thing where I guess they shared it for a minute. Yeah, and that's kind of canon now because you see Melissa Shield in this chapter again. She calls him Uncle Might. Oh, well. Well, no. Is that something you have to know from watching from reading Vigilante? Please. No, that's no, a movie from thing. The movie. It's like from the second movie or so, I think. Even worse. Well, I guess I have to watch that now. <laughs> you Yo, can't did just see when All Might smiled so hard he ripped his face. When was that? In this chapter? Yep, page six. Page six. Oh, God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He did that for Halloween. <laughs> He did that because he's edge. Yeah. That's the most, that's pretty edgy. I'm going to, the Joker wishes he could do that. Yeah. On command. Just have cheek muscles so strong that they rip themselves apart when he smiles. And it's so weird because he's a little child now. Like you can tell. Yeah. He's but a lad. Yeah, I don't got I don't got much to say aside from Bakugo hype is fucking back. I can't wait to see what what uh Edshot's quirk does for him. Yeah. I yeah, I really like this chapter a lot. Honestly, I talking about it again, I I it is such a narrow miss for me. I thought this was like a really good chapter. Honorary really good chapter, honestly, because like the moments were just like impact of it really impactful and really and cool. the art is fucking amazing. Yeah. This guy is cooking in the art department, but he has been for a long time already. 
But um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see where this goes now because, uh, you know, I, this was uh, I I expected Bakugo to come back, but I thought he was just gonna like join Deku in the fight. But if Bakugo ends up saving All Might, that would be a nice way for him to cap off his character development and allow Deku to like finish off Shigaraki and focus on him because Bakugo's got all for one. If Bakugo defeats all for one as he is, that's a pretty good, that's pretty sick. I would accept that. But yeah, that's, that's all I really got to say. I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens next week for My Hero Academia, which, you know, it's pretty good. I know we've been, like, fairly critical about My Hero Academia here and there, but when when it's good, it's pretty fucking good. And I really yeah. appreciate this chapter a lot. Um, Do we have any rebuttals? Anything else to say? Nope. It's just a shame that this chapter came out the same week that One Piece's chapter came yeah, out. Yeah, the same day that Oda basically looked us in the eye and was like, we're about to get the incident in God Valley. <laughs> this really cool thing that uh, I've been teasing and I've been uh, hinting at for a while. We're about to get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Pretty tough. Okay. Um, but all right. I suppose uh, then with that being said, uh, we should move onward. We call that easy money, GG. Chainsaw Man. Vroom, vroom. Vroom. <laughs> Uh, this is Chainsaw Man chapter 145 Kumbaya Um, last we left off the Chainsaw Man church and the uh, weapon devils have effectively been neutralized by the uh, by the uh, public safety division Um, we see um, that uh, after all the dust has settled from there uh, they're talking about you know, the aftermath of destroying the people in the Chainsaw Man church, which were mostly like teenagers and shit. <laughs> so they were, they, they're like starting a, a victims group for the parents and bringing media to like, you know, make themselves look good, I guess. Um, and this guy, whoever he is, authorizes the capture of the war devil. So, you know, we can't leave the uh, church's poster girl out in the wild. So, you know, she was like hoping here was, and here I was hoping that she'd do us a favor and turn Chainsaw Man into a weapon. Um, so one of the uh, one of the little henchmen here says that the devil name, uh, the devil name consultant wants to speak with him, and that it's urgent. And um, you know, he uh, he goes off. I guess he asks, like, what do you suppose the Chainsaw Man Church wanted in the end? He's like, I don't know, to be. To play at being Chainsaw Man, probably. Uh, we then cut back to Denji and Nayuta and this weird public safety girl as they are surrounded by uh, the public safety folks. And um, they're basically taking in Barum, uh, to, uh, in into custody. He says, you're under arrest for charges of armed trafficking and furnishing devil contracts to minors. And uh, the the girl asks him, why won't he uh, work for public safety next? Bo and Katana are already with us. And uh, ha- uh, Barum just looks over uh, into the sunset. He goes, could you give me a minute? It's sunset, the most beautiful time of day. 
<laughs> Josh sent me a screenshot of uh, Kumbaya, like a YouTube uh, music thing of Kumbaya, and the comments are just Chainsaw Man references now. <laughs> yeah. As uh, well, yeah, let, let me read the first three ones. Um, hold on. Just give me a moment, guys. Um, one of them said, uh, okay, "We're." Okay. One of them said, "We're making oh. we're making it out of public safety with this one." You make it out of public safety with this one, yeah. With the talking emoji and the fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's how we gonna get out. Uh, some someone said, uh, "Some will love Barum, most will hate him." Though the sunset is rather nice today. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody wrote, "Could you give me a minute? It's sunset." The most beautiful time of day. <laughs> <laughs> On this random ass religious song. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so our fandoms are the best. For real. Um, okay, so we go over to uh this dead devil corpse, and um the name consultant talks about how they've identified this devil to have been de- uh, believed to have been defeated by Chainsaw Man the other day as the Justice Devil. Um, do you guys know what that is, though? What this? Do you recognize that devil? Yeah, that's the hungry devil in hell that uh, fa- not family, the falling devil was trying to feed. Yes, with all the tentacles. Yeah. And um, this guy looks is like, is it any chance this is the fairness or equality devil? And this guy's like, <laughs> no. What? <laughs> what the fuck would it be that guy? <laughs> He says it's name none. Its name uh, is Justice, and he'd stake his life on it, which begs the question. Even after the devil's death, the Chainsaw Man Church followers could use the powers attributed to the Justice Devil. Is that correct? And I was like, I knew it. I said that last week. That that oh. yeah, it kept popping up. Yeah. And he said, according to the reports, yes, Division Four killed a follower who used it. And uh, he's saying, in that case, it's looking like the devil they made contracts. With was never the justice devil. Um, and we see that uh, we cut back to Asa's apartment where she's listening to the news of how uh, the uh, the Chainsaw Man chap, uh, church is pretty much done. So uh, followers who have illegally contact, contracted with the justice devil are fighting devil hunters right before our eyes. And um, Asa's like, the church, the Chainsaw Man church is doing what? And we hear uh, her doorbell ring, and outside we hear War Devil get on your get on the ground with your hands behind your head. Um, Asa starts talking to Yorozu about uh, or Yoru. I can't I get them mixed up between the Jujutsu Kaisen girl. Yeah, and it's Yoru. Um, Yoru uh, talking about how she came up with a plan in case en- enemies ever got her addressed, and she wants to turn her entire apartment into a weapon. So she's like, I need you to control my body afterward. And uh, the war devil's like, hmm, you become pretty wild compared to when we first met. He's like, whose fault is that? And she's like, get ready. Mm. And as she's trying to, as she says the words of the weapon she wants to transform, uh, an, an octopus's tentacles burst through the fucking uh, door. And here comes Octopus Boy. Uh, with, uh, with his sword drawn, he cuts off uh, Asa's uh, hand while uh, while Barum sings Kumbaya <laughs> as he's being arrested. Um, and Denji goes home. 
Octopus Boy cuts off Asta's hand and prevents her from turning her apartment into a weapon. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what did you think about Chainsaw Man chapter 145? This was a lit chapter. Um, I actually just realized as we were reading it that that's what happened. Like, because I was flipping through the pages to see, like, like, did she actually transform? Because I didn't see the scar on her face. But she tried to turn the room into a weapon first. Then she would transform. But because she got her arm cut off, she couldn't make contact with the room to turn into a sword. And now there's no point in the war devil transforming. Because she has no weapon. Mm. Damn. Poor girl. She just got her arm chopped off. Yep. She ain't had to deal with that before, right? Wait, what? She hasn't gotten her arm chopped off or not like that, right? She doesn't like regenerate at will. Well, she hasn't. She hasn't. Out. I don't think she's been in like. I don't know. I feel like she's been in one fight, but you know, she's a devil, so she would regenerate. Yeah, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy that he came in so fast with the fucking octopus. That was pretty cool. What's good with your man saying Pumbaya? <laughs> I don't know. He's just a weirdo. I had a thought. What? I feel like the direction this is going in is that there's gonna be some type of sympathy for devils. I don't know. Something's going down. But I don't think the justice devil or the fake justice devil is specifically connected to those weapons that form that organization. I think they're two separate things. Mm-hmm. And they're praying to Chainsaw Man, their God and Lord, to destroy that because it's going to kill everything else. Something along those lines. That's what I think is going down. And that's why he was singing Kumbaya because Benji was right there. And that's Chainsaw Man, his God. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. 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 Brian. Kumbaya. Brian, what did you think? Oh, you sang that, right? Um, Did you sing that for communion? I thought it was. I thought this chapter was pretty neat. Um, Adding a lot of intrigue to, to the story, you know, with the. Was it an imposter devil? Was it just acting like it was someone else? Well, people it assumed not... it was the justice devil, but it doesn't seem to be really. But he was found a lot about justice, so. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like he was lying. Fucking liar. It seems as though he was fucking lying. A fucking liar. Wait, can devils lie like this? I don't know. I guess so. I, this must be something new, right? Like, devils can't be, like, just going around pretending to be other devils. Well, I guess there was no precedent to, that they can't do that. True, but isn't that kind of breaking the rules? Not necessarily. I thought it was a little... I, I thought it was a little interesting that they went down that route to like 
talk about imposter devils and stuff like that. Um, I just wonder what the payoff for this is going to be. Like, is there like a secret devil that's like pulling the strings right now? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Who could it be? It, oh, could it be that fucking the fake chainsaw man thing that we saw on the roof? It's possible, honestly. Well, we do. Uh, that That's a good point, honestly, because we now know that there are two. There's one who's impersonating a chainsaw man, and there's another one that's impersonating the justice devil. So maybe it is the imposter devil. Yeah. But th- those are my thoughts. I don't got much to say about Chainsaw Man this week. Yeah, this is uh this was interesting. Um I also my thoughts are also kind of limited on Chainsaw Man right now, but um I think it's the fact that Barum wasn't killed is probably going to come back later along with the other ones. Um, But yeah, one of the, one of the interesting things about the chapter is how nonchalant the special forces, uh, not the special, the public safety was just like, all right, let's get this PR stunt moving, (laughs) you know, Uh, set up a victim's fund and all that stuff. You know, we, we, I know we just killed a bunch of teenagers, but you know, we're gonna milk this for all that we all this got all we got. Um, Did they kill for those kids? Yeah, Katana Devil, Katana Devil, and uh, the uh, whatever the nail one is, or at least like I don't think they killed all of them, but some of them they definitely killed. I wonder who this guy is. Is he like the leader of the special of the public safety? I have no clue. Probably. Yeah. It's cool to see Squid Boy do something. I wonder. Uh, I'm. I'm sure the octopus devil is a pretty strong devil. To be. <laughs> like he just yeah. burst it in and just like. And Asa isn't that strong. Like she's not that like experienced. The war devil's really strong, but she wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it was cool to see him do something cool because he's always been the super cool nonchalant guy. So it was nice to see him actually like live up to his vibe of just like, ooh, I'm pretty casual. Pretty casual, awesome. Yeah, um, he definitely moved up to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got to say. Do we have, uh, any rebuttals, anything, any final thoughts on Chainsaw Man? Nope. Yo, when he started saying Kumbaya, his nigga Denji said, uh, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird day. Let's go home. Let me go home. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with that, let's, uh, move onward. Boruto, two blue vortex. All right, we're covering Boruto today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, last we left off with Boruto. Um, it has been two years. Uh, everybody is older. Uh, Shikamaru is now the Hokage. Uh, and Code has decided to attack Konoha uh, looking for Boruto. Uh, and uh, who else, who shows up but Boruto? He is also back. And uh, also got some new drip on him. So, you know. Uh, Code and his code monsters are now facing off against Boruto. Um, 
Code looks down on Boruto be like, hmm, I didn't expect you to show yourself so fast. Makes me regret not coming to Konoha a lot sooner. And uh, Boruto commands him to uh, withdraw his monsters and do it while you're still able to control them. And he'll let him live. And Code is like, what'd you just say? What did he say? <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> and he said, did you forget how helpless you were against me two years ago? You got some nerve to tell me that you're going to spare my life. And Boruto's like, that was two years ago, fam. Do it or else. Or else you'll lose more than your left eye this time. So, you know, they both got scars in their eyes. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> they both have similar scars. Um, and uh, Koda's like, and here I thought I heard your worst bluffs. What can I do but laugh? Um, Sarada is just like, Boruto, he's like, Sarada, there are lots of folks here who still who still haven't gotten away. Help them and I'll handle Code. We'll talk later. Just stay <laughs> alive. Um, meanwhile, we cut back to Shikadai, who, who is like facing off against some Code monsters with... Uh, uh, Chocho, um, and yeah, they're they're mobbing up pretty bad. Um, Chocho is about to get got, but then this thing gets captured by um, Enogene, and with he, I guess he makes some weird bird monster with his painting jutsus. But um, the code monster breaks free and uh, tries to eat Himawari. But that's when uh, Ko, uh, not Ko, Kawaki comes in and knocks the monster out, saving uh, Himawari. Uh, this code monster pulls out a Reningan, it looks like. And um, they're, uh, Himawari's like, thanks, big bro. And he's like, how many times do I have to tell you not to call me that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your brother, even though I make you believe that I am. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, it's not like he acts for this situation, but yeah. he sure as hell is taking advantage of it. Oh, for sure. Um, so, you know, this uh, code monster uh, warps over uh, to a, a fallen code monster and catches Kawaki from behind, and uh, he starts mumbling "Otsuki." Um, but then he gets shadow possessioned, and uh, Kawaki does uh, a thing that vaporizes him um making him look a lot like gojo splits him in half i guess um yeah. all right too soon even for me but uh this thing spawns mm. out more code monsters uh and uh shikadai is like man there's so there's no end to them how many are there and, Ko and kawaki is like doesn't matter because we're gonna slaughter every single one of them um, Boruto goes up against the code monsters himself, uh, no diffing them left and right. Um, pretty cool scene, I guess. They all get chopped in half. Uh, and code is just standing there like, damn, I guess it wasn't a complete bluff. I guess. <laughs> code is like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he saw Boruto do all this and he was like, shit. Damn, this kid's been training. <laughs> Damn, I forgot he went through a shonen training time skip. Said shit, how long? Two years. Huh, maybe I shouldn't be talking shit about what happened two years ago. As if he's just been sitting down. He's been on the couch for two years. 
Uh, so Boruto is just like, if you insist on pressing on, you'll lose every one of them. And Code just continues to try and talk shit. He's like, well, you're being prematurely cocky. These don't even add up to a drop in a bucket. Besides, they're just tools anyway. And uh, Boruto just says that he doesn't understand the true horror of Ten Tails. Um, I don't know where um, Sarada uses her uh, fireball jutsu to get uh, to take out some of her own and uh, uses Chidori as well. These things are pretty weak. <laughs> they got they got they got beat by a regular fireball jutsu and base Chidori. What are these things? Um, yeah, I mean, base Chidori is pretty lit, but base Chidori is pretty cool. But yeah, um, the other adults in the room are like, "Whoa, are you really just a Genin?" Is like, "What does it matter what my rank is?" Which is true because Naruto was a Genin when he became <laughs> Hokage. Like, why is that important at all? Rank doesn't matter. Yeah, hasn't mattered in Naruto in years. Yeah, like, can we stop acting like this fucking means anything? Yeah. Half of the characters that went to the well, all of the characters who have gone to the Sasuke retrieval mission were all Genin. Is are you really just a Genin? Um, one of the code monsters spawns another code monster and uh, goes after Serata, but uh, one of the ninja just run runs over and uh, takes the bullet, so to speak, and gets bitten by this monster. And uh, his name is So Soegi, by the way. Um, and Soegi gets got. He turns into a tree, which is sad, I guess. Uh, another Code monster latches onto someone and also turns into a tree. And uh, Code is like, I know plenty about Ten Tails. They de- they devour Otsusuki. So these things are Ten Tails monsters. Um, they say they devour Otsusuki. Well, in truth, they're beasts that'll just instinctively bite anybody in their vicinity until they eventually run into an Otsusuki. Um, and Boruto oh. mentions like that might be the case normally, but these ones are different thanks to you enhancing them. It ain't too late yet. You need to you need to scrap them while there's while you still hold their reins, or else we'll wind up in the worst possible future for everyone. And Koda's like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, when a ten tails devours an Otsusuki, it puts down roots and become a uh, becomes a divine tree. So you know, that's all I want. That's my shit. That's kind of my bag. And Boruto's like, I'll say this one more time, Code. I'll let you live. In return, guide me to where the main body of the ten tails is. I'll let you live. <laughs> and Code is like, give me a break, Boruto. Have you lost your mind? And Boruto's just it's- like, Boruto delivers. Admittedly, a pretty cool line. He's like, I'll be honest oh, with you. Killing you is easy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cold. Pretty cold line. So instead of dying in vain, why not do one act of good for the world? <laughs> Code is just like losing this verbal argument even. <laughs> he is. He's losing his always been a shit talker though. Verbal argument and in showing off. Yeah. Because Code ain't show nothing yet. Yeah, he sent his minions that uh Boruto easily defeated. Lame ass minions. And like Boruto's like, I'll let you live. And Code's only response is, Psh, man, what are you talking about? 
What do you mean? <laughs> Man, you crazy. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. And then he slashed a few of his little goons, and he's like, oh. No. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. You don't really want none of this, even though, like, Code is just sweating on the inside. <laughs> Code is like, fuck. Fuck, he's real. He looks so cool. <laughs> he's so fucking cool right now. Look at those buttons. <laughs> I'm just like telling you it was easy. <laughs> so. Like him. All right. The hard part is not chapter? killing you too hard. <laughs> Look me, I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you, Code. I can no diff you. This is going to be really good for my power scaling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Code, don't be a narrative device for me to show off how strong I've become. <laughs> don't be a narrative device. I'll make you into a narrative device. <laughs> He's speaking to code like he's fodder now. Yeah. <laughs> that gets so fucked. I'm going to rip that belt off your stupid forehead if you don't just do what I say. So Boruto approaches code and he's again, again, code line. I guess there's no cure for idiocy as he's about to murder this child. And uh, he starts to see uh, gather what seems to be a Rasengan. Code is like, a Rasengan? Oh. Ooh, <laughs> a Rasengan? What a one-trick pony. <laughs> and Boruto is just like, Rasengan Ozuhiko. You're wrong, Code. I'm a one-and-a-half-trick pony. <laughs> Watch me merge with this Rasengan. <laughs> I do my one trick, but then I add a little extra to it so that you can't call me a one-trick pony. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what did you think about Boruto 2 Blue Vortex Chapter 2? <laughs> yo, this, yo, this chapter, I forgot that was the name of the new Boruto. Um, this should have me rolling. Because, like, I'm, the funny thing is that I feel like Code in this, like, Code is the straight man. You know what I'm saying in that scenario? Like where everyone else is doing crazy things and the and the guy and the, and the straight guy is like uh reacting. That's what it's called, right? In comedy. Yeah. Right. So and Code is just like, do you fucking hear yourself right now? <laughs> what universe did I tell did I jump through one of them zippers and go through an alternate <laughs> earth? Is this Kanoha? Ka- Kanoha? Kanoha. Kanoha? <laughs> Like what? Like so I just washed you. I just washed you weeks ago. Two years ago. Well, you know, weeks ago for us. I think Code feels the same way. I think those two years just kind of. I think he was just working and scheming, so he went by like two weeks, and he was just like, "Nigga, I just smacked the shit out of you. I just spent the block. What are you talking about? (laughs) You gonna killing me?" He went from not not standing a chance to he skipped straight to like he flipped the tables. No, like I can give you a fight now or things won't be the same. Trust me. Just a straight up listen. You a pack. But before I smoke you and put you in the air, you will reveal your plans and you will reveal where the ten tails is at. Do it or else I'll fuck you up. 
that's the energy Boruto's bringing in, like, code. This fewer thing, I don't know, there's very few things in this world, I'm sure, that would have really uh, stunned him more than that. Yeah, Brian, what did you love about this chapter? I know you loved it. Brian? Made me think I was disconnected for a second. Huh? I was like, oh, no. No, I don't know where he is. All right, well, I guess I'll do my thoughts if Brian's not here. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I'm having like a little tough time just like really uh, being invested in this time skip, really. I like, for me, it doesn't really feel like the time skip was ultra necessary, especially since like we're immediately getting back into the action. There's no... I feel like immediately. I feel like part of uh what you need for a time skip to work is a really like strongly built world for us to even have the hype of seeing everyone two years later. We don't have like even a base understanding for how strong most characters are for us to uh for us to have like a, a strong investment in their development on a power level and otherwise, you know what I mean? If, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like, she could, I could, I'm like, she could, is just like, for all I know, she could, has not gotten any stronger than he was two years ago. Because right, I, have, I have no idea. Cause I have no frame of reference for how strong he was back in the day. But their teamwork is better. That's true, Brian. <laughs> the teamwork is better. Um, but yeah, I guess like on that front, I'm have. Uh, it is cool to see Boruto easily defeat these uh these NPCs. Um, but you know that's kind of like tried and true with Shonen in general, and I guess like as much as I do like Bor, I've come to like Boruto as much as I do now. I don't feel like I'm at that level where he comes back after a two-year time skip, does all this, and I'm like, whoa! You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like floored by this performance, even though it's moderately cool. And Code has already been kind of like a, a little bit of a fucking punching bag. Like, I've never <laughs> been fucking impressed by Code. So, Boruto... Like not being intimidated by him is like, well, I would hope not. Code was kind of a stooge to begin with, you know. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, he man. has been getting cucked a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now it feels like he's getting omega cucked. Yeah, right now it's embarrassing. <laughs> now it's like, why omega. is <laughs> omega cucked? Like he's been demoted to fodder, to fodder villain. <laughs> yeah, he really is, and he's putting on this facade. Like the fact that he's putting on this facade right now. Like I don't know. I feel like they're he's he's getting too embarrassed for me to be like, well, we don't know what code is capable of. You know what I mean? I'm like, I fully believe Boruto's gonna like raffle stomp this guy. <laughs> like it's gonna be embarrassing. I'm going to get secondhand embarrassment from how badly Coates going to get beat right now. 
like code wasn't effectively established as a threat before the time skip for me to be like, oh no, code's back and he's gonna try, he's gonna cause trouble. But you know, maybe Boruto, it would be very funny if Boruto did all this and then just lost. Who's Sogi? The NPC that just died. <laughs> I was wondering if he was somebody we've seen before, but <laughs> no, the guy that we but were. Serata gave zero fucks Sogi. about him. Bro, bro gave his life for this girl. And she just didn't give a fuck. She just moderately went like, "Oh no." It's... She didn't even say, "Oh no." She would. So Aggie. He's a tree. He's a tree. Now. Bro, turn this, <laughs> turn this random dude. He's like. Say goodbye to my wife, please. And she's like, is that a tree? <laughs> that is so <laughs> fucked. I mean... Yeah, this chapter was not the best. I will say this. That's how <laughs> I will say... And this may be a little bit too harsh of a critique, but that's how hollow the world of Naruto has become, where the characters don't even seem to give a shit if each other dies. <laughs> like, this is a Kanoha citizen. Back in the day... That would drive anybody in this in the village into a frenzy. It's like you don't kill even, my comrades. Even the dude next to Serata doesn't really care that much. That was his partner. <laughs> he even he doesn't really care that much. Bro, they went through Genin training they together. They enough to give him a name, but they didn't give a fuck enough to make them feel bad. Bro, they were Genin and training together, and this the this guy was just like no. <laughs> He didn't even say no. He said he's he a, didn't even say anything. Bro gave up his life for nothing. All he did was just stare. Oh my god. What the heck is happening? <laughs> Yo, she's seen this other guy get turned into a tree. She's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> That's weird, huh? Oh my god. This is a botanical massacre. Yeah. It's like what happened in my hero academia. <laughs> yeah with the trees with the tree guy uh -huh. oh my gosh well you know I, uh, I, I I'm open minded for Boruto it has impressed me in the past but like so far two blue vortex isn't off to the greatest of starts in my mind uh, yeah but I feel like it's just it, it was too eager to go directly into the action and I don't know how much you know establishing what Konoha is right now would have helped because it seems like Konoha is the same as ever. Nothing's really like changed within it. And we're right back into like the two pay, the two year time skip has had no effect on Shikamaru's desire to bring Boruto in. We don't really, it, it, this whole thing might have, might as well have been the next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's true. I agree with that. They just needed to fast forward Boruto being cool and strong. Yeah, there's just something about like relying on the trope of a time skip, which is generally supposed to be an exciting and cool thing and a cool way to revitalize a series and show off new character designs and, and whatnot and new levels of power. That feels yeah. kind of unearned for Boruto. It feels? In my mind, yeah. I think, I think this series had like a fast forwarded effect of um, other characters kind of becoming irrelevant too fast. Like pre time skip Naruto, all the characters were like pretty, pretty prominent, right? 
mm-hmm. like like you got your Rock Lees, your Neji's, your fucking Kiba's, your Shinos, your Shikamaru's. And as the series went on at post time skip, they kind of like fell out of like relevance because of the stakes. But now if like these characters were never really relevant <laughs> before the time skip. So them kind of showing up again here like maybe they maybe it might be like a reverse effect where they're more relevant post time skip though i doubt it um i would I hope so like, but huh <laughs> i would hope so but i don't think so <laughs> i don't know it, like the whole thing about naruto is uh, borto is flipping naruto on its head so maybe it is like <laughs> Maybe they were aware that they weren't really all that relevant in the first arc, and now they're yeah. gonna get more shine. There's a chance, um, but it does take away from the fast forward from the time skip for sure, though. That we don't have a connection with these kids, with these, with the younger generation. Like, why do we care about <laughs> the way these guys look post time skip or what they can do? It's true. Like, the only people that really matter in this time skip is boruto and kawaki that's about it yeah sarada it feels else... like she barely matters <laughs> yeah sarada can like only everybody... do a fireball jutsu <laughs> no she did the chidori oh and the chidori whoop-de-doo <laughs> but it's it's ah uh, they just made uh i don't if they were gonna make boruto this fucking strong they should have taken more time before introducing him like they just blew their fucking load introducing him again in the first chapter in Kanoha of all places, like the place he's supposed to be on the run from it does. This does feel like the, like the first time I've read a chapter where I'm like, well, not the first time, but this is like the first time in a long time that Barto has had like a, like a really mad chapter. Yeah. Like this chapter was, was a, a step down from from the last and the last one wasn't that great either it's just so generic um, you know what i mean yeah they fumbled they fumbled the bag like i'm reading this, vanilla manga right now this is what like feels like mcdonald's manga <laughs> yeah yeah it's all the the cool things about manga that everybody th- thinks of when like all of the cool tropes that they just mashed into a single chapter yeah and also, no, Serata, I... wear the jacket or don't. It, it, <laughs> it really bugs me, this character design. <laughs> I hate that it slides um, off one of her shoulders. It seems too big for you. Wear it or don't. But that's it for me. I, the, the Uzuhiko Rasengan is like his invisible shit. So oh, yeah, he's going to have an invisible Rasengan. I will say Code does look kind of cool. Code looks like a vampire. Yeah, he looks kind of cool. He looks like Dracula. It's too bad he's about to get his fucking ass washed with a sponge. But Bro, he's got the collar. He's got a collar that's like six inches high. Yeah, but it's still a cool design. It's an okay design. Frankly, yeah, I think all of the designs for Boruto since the time skip are a little busy. There's a lot going on in all of them. 
Yeah, like, every single one. Like this guy, this guy's got a cape, the little cool, old timey English tie thing, right. a vest underneath. It's like he's going through a fucking midlife crisis. This guy dressed like dresses like a kid at Hot Topic for real this time though. Borto's got two jackets on. What? No, he doesn't. Borto has a cloak and a jacket under that. You and want a long stay as far away from ninja apparel as he possibly could. Which is fine, but this is a lot. <laughs> Boy, I don't think they're bad necessarily. The only ones I don't really like is Serata's because the jacket bugs me. But oh, so much. But the um, yeah, but it is a lot going on. And underneath the cloak, he has like twelve buttons. He has twelve like Konoha merch buttons. Pretty clean. Yeah, He's got a cool belt, I guess. We gotta get Luke on here to do a drip check for everybody on Borto since the time skip. Yeah, we yeah, man. We we need to. It's been it's been a long time. Twenty twenty. It's been three years. But yeah, I don't got much else to say about Borto. <laughs> yeah. a- Same. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, me too. All right. With that being said, um, I suppose uh we can move onward i don't really have to fucking care who's who's in my way i'm gonna fucking kill everybody undead unluck and with that i'm gonna toss this one over to josh undead unluck and we've got a we got a shiesty one this week well no we don't i'm just saying words to fill in because my phone is acting up and won't pull up the uh (laughs) I think it's starting. I think my iPhone's starting to do that slowdown thing because it's getting a little old. Yeah, that's against old. the law. You can sue them for that. Yeah. What do you I mean? It's planned obs- obsolescence. That's how they keep making new phones. No, but they. Yeah, I hate them. They got a. They recently got a class action lawsuit for it. Yeah, but I feel like that. Ha- like companies get class action lawsuits all the time. Well, Donna participates in a lot of them. <laughs> Now this Shonen Jump app is is anyway. So chapter number one seventy nine, Undead Unlocked. So uh, last week, the whole fucking gang pulled up to fight uh, the Uma Sick, who we learned was one of the foundational Umas, meaning it's the most gang, one of the most gangster ones. Um, and apparently, even if you destroy it. It'll still be around. I don't know, something like that. But um, we also seen uh, Rip get his negator ability. Um, and we also seen both Rip and uh, Latma share the uh, iron boots of wind kicking or whatever, you know, the super cool artifact. So lots of, lots of things happened last week. So, you know, and this week is pretty crazy too so we cut to when they were making the decision about you know rip cutting his legs off Layla's not cool about that she's she's like letting him know like look you're always making these decisions on your own to press forward in your life no matter like like what the damage is to you or you know or to how you make people feel around you so you know allow me to basically share the burden let me fight with you and Fuku pulls up like, yeah, you, y'all can do that, okay? 
Yeah. I'll, I'll just perform surgery because I'm nice like that. I've been alive for millions. I got two PhDs now in medicine. Yeah, you're not the only one that got busy, Rip. Don't worry about that. So, um, you know, he t- Rip tells uh, Fugaha, like, that's essentially nonsense. And that, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I'm skipping ahead. Fuga also mentions, oh, yeah, BT dubs. Um, while, while, um, like, while I'm operating on uh, on Layla, we're gonna bring her to the room where Uma's at. Like where Uma's at, and obviously Rip is like, "Oh, you fucking crazy!" And Uga makes an interesting point, saying that look, he uses the sickness of others to make himself stronger. So like, he's gonna come for her anyway because of how sick she is. Like it's gonna, it, it's really strong. So we'll bring her right to him. And then we'll all overwhelm him. I don't know. That really sound like a great answer to like 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 plan. But the sick girl says, "Listen, I'm not pussy. Let's do it." And I guess they decide. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Once the, the sick person in the bed is saying like, "Yo, let's go for it," I I I feel real soft. You feel real real what? I feel real soft, not not like like saying I don't want to do it. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, the sick person has that dog in them. Why don't I? Yeah, right, right. Um, so we see some nice combinations again, man. Some nice teamwork from the negators as we cut to them fighting against uh, the Uma sick. He freezes in midair. Um, as sick as uh sick tried to attack, um, Rip and Layla together. Uh, uh, Latla, I'm sorry. And we find out that, uh, you know, obviously Jakar are using Unmove, but he also, he's teaming up with uh, Unseen so that, you know, like, he's he's becoming invisible uh, while not, while, while the Uma isn't knowing why it's being frozen. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole point is that Rip is, is the only one that could really land, like, a finishing blow on it. But it has to, like you know, he's they're still getting used to using the uh, the weapon together, so they have to kind of take their time. So that's what you know the unmove and invisibility is for to buy them some time. Um, yeah, so some more fighting going down. Uh, Uma Sick tries to go for for Layla. As they perform the operation, because I guess she's really sick. He gets like fried at some point, and his face looks like flesh. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I guess he got attacked at some point. I didn't see it. But um, Layla and Rip get ready to launch another one of those fucking air scythe attacks. And when they put their feet together, it, it merges into one boot with both of their legs. Super cute. They're definitely getting married. And um, <laughs> along with the other sister, too. And Fugo's like, who? See that before? Yeah, that shit leveled up like mid fight. She's Fugo's such a fangirl. Oh, but then she says it's bad because at those energy levels, he can detect you without even seeing you. Hmm. So Shikard, uh she orders Shikar to use a move again to freeze him so that they could get so that they could hit him with that big ass attack. 
And uh, the Uma Sick actually does something smart and uh, disconnects the light so that uh, Chikara can't see him. And if he can't see him, he can't use a move on him. So um, Sick goes to his attack on them, but uh, before he's able to land an attack, uh, Layla's negator ability activates, which is untruth. It was kind of weird. Untrust. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, untrust. Which I'm not sure if this was revealed in the last loop. Do you remember? No, that it being wasn't. The case? No, we didn't know, right? No, we didn't know that she yeah. had a, neg- a negation ability, but we didn't know what it was. Yeah. So and it, now and now it makes a lot more sense that I'm actually looking at it. So. Because she's been fortune telling and working on that power her whole life, the tragic, the tragedy was that her for, her fortunes would be one hundred percent incorrect, like so that she can't, you can't be trusted. Oh, uh, which is, I guess that's clever. That's, that's that's pretty cool. Um, but I guess what happens is that the like it may, it makes six attacks veer off course automatically. Which was weird. I guess so. She did. She probably made the fortune that they're gonna get hit or something like that. Um. So because she believed they would get hit, it didn't happen. I think something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, I'm sick. Is like he can't believe his attacks veered off, and then they all start shining flashlights all of the staff members from the hospital because they're they some real niggas yo what can i say uh chicago's like as long as i can see you you're all mine let's fucking go bro makes him freezes him up uh ripping matla charge up the special combined move new moon salts and they split your boy in half vertically <laughs> fuck out, fuck out of here. The rest is up to you, Fuko. So I guess when you say the rest is up to you, I guess he means like, if he's dead, please heal my sister. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. Pretty cool. It is a pretty cool chapter. Um, Even if Uma's not dead, you know he's tight. You yeah, he's know upset. he's fucking heated right now. Yeah, those are the angry eyes where they get super eye- wide. Yeah, he's surprised. He he's 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 showing vo- he's vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerabilities. Um. Yeah, yeah I thought this was really cool. I, I one there's one panel where they were both like when they combined their boot, and we get that like low angle shot. Yeah, the mega mega boot. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, the yeah, detail. The detail on the Blade Runner has always been really uh, cool to cool to see. I really like that panel a lot. Uh, Lotla's ability being untrust. I didn't see. I didn't know that we would even get a reveal of her negation at this moment. But I forgot too. But yeah, uh, I thought it, I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, a good, clever power, you know. Mm. Especially for a fortune teller, you know. Um, but overall, pretty cool. Uh, the doctor's yeah, getting involved. That worked out. Yeah, the doctor's getting involved, showing, uh, doing the flashlight thing, was uh, was really cool and a good way to bring 
it all full circle. Now, I like it when like civilian type characters get involved in their own saving. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it wasn't super cheesy. All I did was help flash the light, which, you know, I could do that. Yeah, me too. I think I could you know, do that. If I could do it, then I'm like, yeah. That's pretty sick. Okay. It's good writing. It's great writing. Fantastic writing. Yeah, uh, man. I like the combinations. Like, I, I like where this is heading. I think the combinations are going to get really intricate. This is like some X-Men shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got Negators versus the X-Men, bro. I guess the X Men. Yeah, the X Men probably. They have Jean Grey. Yeah, they have Apocalypse. No, that's I don't. I mean the X Men team. Oh. Yeah, they have Jean Grey. Yeah. Uh, but those are all my thoughts, Josh. What did you think? Uh, I don't have too many thoughts to give. Uh, I thought it was super interesting. How her ability, I don't, I don't know if her, obviously her ability manifested during the fight. And Fuko also alluded to that being a possibility, but it was, I wonder, like, was she like trying to make a fortune? You know, was she trying to predict what was going to happen? Yeah. I think she just predicts of a thing that's about to happen and it just will always turn out wrong as long as someone believes her prediction. Wow. I think. Those are some wicked-ass conditions. Yeah, those are the things that... That's that's what it would make logical sense to me. You know, because she talked about how Rip always trusted her... Uh, her fucking uh, predictions. Yeah. That's true, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, that's so, so they don't happen. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's those all of my thoughts. I love this chapter. This is this was actually my second favorite chapter. Ooh. Alrighty. Well, with that being said, that was Undead Unluck, and that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram at New Gem City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can catch him when he's streaming at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Uh, check uh, emails at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about on there. That would be super duper cool. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys and uh, we'll answer all your questions on our pre show chat show that uh, happens every week. Um, yeah hit us up on that uh subscribe to us on youtube uh like share comment your questions if you want that would be super cool uh if you prefer audio podcasts we're on itunes spotify google podcasts uh wherever you listen to podcasts uh check us out and yeah um without further ado thank you guys so much for listening we will see you guys next week stay safe new jump citizens bye-bye